In China, males are valued more as children than females. And Lucy Chen shares with us how she was physically and emotionally abused and how only after she got to Australia and started working with art was she able to heal herself. And that's the topic today, healing self with art. Join us. Welcome to the Global Party Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Best, host and creator of Best Whole New World, where joy, health, peace, love, and wealth are just the natural vibes. I'll be interviewing real people with real stories from all over the world, where they share their transformation, their healing from the inside out. Listen and subscribe and get the health vibe. Here we go. Hello, everybody. We are really blessed to be connected. I'm in Canada, and Lucy Chen is in Sydney, Australia. And this is the amazing part of technology. Lucy was born in China and moved over to Australia, and she's going to be talking to us today about healing self with art. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Can they see me? I, can everyone see me? Yeah, for your oh, Hi, everyone. It's the first time I'm doing this. So, um, excuse me if I, you know, a little bit, I'm not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all learning here and this is the great thing, right? If, yeah, 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 definitely. It's very exciting. <laughs> so, how is it, Lucy, that your journey began, that you started to help people transform and heal by using art okay so um i came to australia when i was 16 so mm -hmm. before then actually my mom uh kind of you know kind of my mom came to australia when i was six so um she kind of left my my dad and i in china and she came to australia so i didn't see her for another almost um eight or nine years i didn't see her until i was 14, 15. Um, and she, as you know, sometimes in the Chinese culture, the boys, are, they like boys more than girls. And that's certainly the case with my mom's family. Um, but so anyway, my, my dad and like my mom, you know, I kind of think it was a blessing that my mom left when I was little because when my mom was with us, she would like hit me all the time, like just, you know, with sticks and things hit me all the time. I kind of like, but after my mom's life, no one's hitting me anymore. Like, so it was kind of good, you know, in a way, you kind of, oh, you know, that's pretty nice. And also then my dad and I developed a very close bond because, you know, it's like single raised by my dad and he's, you know, so we were really close. But the thing is that I kind of um, grew up, like I realized that only later on, right? Of course, not, not right on the spot that I, um, always wanted to make my dad feel proud. That's why I always excelled at school and that kind of things. Um, and also I had a kind of guilt, you know, as you know, um, because I was thinking that my dad has sacrificed so much for me. Mm -hmm. So, and I needed to make my dad feel proud. So that's, you know, um, you know, um, oh, so of course you, you didn't know that you weren't being yourself. Like for, for instance, I never started art until I was pregnant with my almost giving birth to my second child. That's when I started. 
But really? even then when I was, yeah, even then when I was um, in China, before I came to Australia at the age of 16, even when I was in China, there was some, the art teacher who was really an artist. And I, even he asked me um, to um, go to learn art with him, like do some tutoring with him, because he said, you know, you have some, you know, creative sparks. I wanted to nurture that, like get some talent, want to nurture that, so come learn art with me. But the thing is, art is not seen as serious in the Chinese culture at all. Probably like, probably not even, you know, mainstream in the Western world either. So my dad, of course, like it's nonsense, just wasting time. So he even refused to see the teacher for an interview to discuss that. So, you know, of course, then we put that aside, like I never, did anything mm-hmm. um so i think um you know growing up just a thing of always wanting to get your dad's approval um and having the guilt that probably your you know mom left that because of me or whatever and then i came to australia at the age of 16 because the one with my mom wasn't there and she always like you know voice better and had uh, my um, you know, half brother, that kind of things. It was, you know, she was physically abusive when I was little, but when I came here, um, it was emotionally so abusive. And she would say all these bad words. And um, so I just moved out when I was 17. I moved out to live with a boyfriend um, so that I could get some, um, you know, government um, welfare payments because. Before you were 18, you, you couldn't get the payment paid to you. Rather, you had to pay to a parent unless you are in a relationship, right, after 16. So uh, so that's why. So let me just hold on for a sec. So yeah. in order for you to get out of the abusive relationship with your mother, mm-hmm. right, you yeah. boyfriend so you could escape and get on your yeah. own, right? Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. It. So just, so I, I just I, had to leave home. I think the other part I just want to make for those that aren't aware of the Chinese culture is I had um, numerous students stay with me when I was in the Toronto area, and mm. I had at least three of them tell me similar stories about their their mom. You know, um, not saying that they didn't want to have a female, but that that they would too be beaten with sticks, and they always yeah. had to better and better and better and so it was very very abusive from you know certainly my perspective yeah and and that was in China but in Australia my mom was very scared of the police like she even said that she would tell you she can't beat you now because if if your school find you have markings then they could report you to family violence to the police so but she was very verbally um abusive like she would say like really bad words, of, you know, I don't even know how to translate that into English, but really bad words about about you and about your dad. And she just, you know, what button to press to make you feel really depressed, right? Yeah. So I had to move out, but, you know, um, and I was still, you know, keeping good performance at school and all that kind of things. And then because that was the thing that was expected of you, right? So I started school, got into a good uni, and then even like gra- even before graduation, I got into the graduate, graduate program in one of the B4 big four bands in Australia. So everything was really going as expected of me. Uh, so my dad was always happy. My dad always would brag about me um, to his friends, even in China. So the thing changed. And, and then and then I also, you know, then got married, but got married, you know, seriously, the, mix, the one of the biggest mistakes I made, I think was 
got married not for love but for convenience. I actually just got. I have to admit this. I have told my ex husband as well. You know, <laughs> you know, I apologize to him as well. Is that I got married so that I could get the dating and the trying to find someone to live with you, trying to find a partner, that kind of thing, um, out of my mind, so that I could focus on my career, right? right? You know, um, the corporate ladder, whatever success meant for me at that time. Yes. Yeah. Mistake. Please don't do that. <laughs> so you know, if anything, you know, marry for love. You know, right. Um. So, but anyway, so everything was still as my, you know, you know, my dad expected, and you know, proud, blah blah blah, all that kind of thing. So that is, um, and then my ex-husband. When I had my first child, um, after I had the first child, uh, my ex-husband said, "Let's start a company, like just you know, start a business." So, so that yeah, okay, we did, and then we started a business. So I quit. Um, my job and then tell him started a business all that kind of thing so my dad at that point wasn't very happy already because you could you don't you want to keep doing your finance that's what's the thing that's the thing in the Chinese view yeah. and it was still okay but you you're still working for your husband this kind of still accepted but the big thing changed um is when um I found art like the first time I picked up a paintbrush and put color like paint on canvas uh, I just knew that that was a thing like I was born to do that I was born to make paintings wow I just don't know how to describe it but even though the first painting I struggled so much with mixing the skin color I couldn't even mix a proper skin color mm -hmm. but I'll show you what I did now my last painting so you know what I'm talking about from <laughs> not even mixing a skin yeah. color yes so, now it's quite a transformation. So this is the this is the um the last painting. I probably um like this is the last painting that I just completed. So um it's you know it's called favorite place. So I will tell you the um you know what you know what it meant for me. But the thing is I you know but the first time I picked up a paintbrush I knew I was meant to paint. But um of course um that's when I, the, the crack between the, the, in the relationship, the bond between me and my dad um, happened then because it was so, in their view, it's so silly. You can't give, at least, you know, if you don't want to do finance, at least go help your pastor's business, or like all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was the crack started to happen. Um, and I kind of felt, because my dad, I, I talk about him so much because I still struggle with the breaking in the, the bond. Even to this day, I'm still trying to, you know, be mindful of it and see if I can um, somehow heal that relationship. And you, you, it's not also not let the time to do its work, that kind of things, right? Because I have to um, work on my awareness and mindfulness. And so that's my dad. Like, we, you know, it's like now we're like on parallel lines, just can't cross. <laughs> so, um, so, um, um, yeah, uh, and and also my relationship, my marriage, you know, didn't start right, so it wasn't going right. Like he came from a very traditional Chinese family, mm -hmm. and um, from my ex mother in law's uh, perspective, is that when the husbands come home, they you can just you know put their legs on the coffee table, shoes, and that kind of things. You would go and take off the shoes, the socks, and then give them a cup of tea. So that's the um, thing that she ex from a woman you know but that's that's really not my right. thing you know um 
And it's also um, another thing, it's kind of a taboo, but I want to be open to talk about it, is the, the sexual um, um, shame that happened in that relationship. Um, you know, I don't blame him at all because that was his upbringing. Um, a lot of it is subconscious, but then it become very, um, it suppressed like who you are, right? Um, and also for, for, for him as well, not just for me. Mm-hmm. So there was one incident where, you know, we went back to China to start the business. There was one incident where I was do- doing the baby things and then cooking house kind of thing. So I just ran out of pajamas, like, honestly. So I just grabbed his boxer to be my pajama, like, to be my to be my, to be my pajama. And then ex-mother-in-law saw that and was made very angry um, because she, in her point of view, it's very bad luck for a woman to wear your wear your pants you know so when um so when he came home they talked about it how bad luck it was and then they cut it and burned it so the so that that is just very shame like it's very shaming you know on um on on your identity as a woman or just on like sexually and everything so you can imagine it carrying into the sex life it's not very nice <laughs> you know just be i'm totally, totally open about that so um and these are some snip, like um, little things that happen, you know, um, of course, coming from there, like just carrying a lot of um, shame and then suppressed who you really are and trying to, um, you know, get my dad's approval, trying to meet the expectations. But at the same time, I also, you also, when you're trying to meet people's expectations and trying to get people's approvals and try to be seen as right, you can't help but have the rebel inside you, right? You want the rebel, but you also want want approval. You also want the love, but you also have like it's just not nice. Like it's um, that's the conf- conflict that's fighting inside you. Probably not aware yet at, at that time. A lot of times, also the Chinese, I think I see that in the Western world as well. It's just to emotion is not real, right? Emotion is not real. You just need to do the things to get you to you know where you want to go. You, however you feel, it's not real, you know, just don't care about it, just do the thing. So um, I've been doing that for a long, long, long time until a breaking point where I couldn't hold it, like I couldn't sustain it anymore. Um, and I cut myself one day when the ex-husband, I was so, um, I felt I had no mental space. That's when after we had the second child, I moved back to Australia and I was doing all the the child, um, you know, looking after the children and um, housework and um, and trying to, you know, take care of him as well because he really just rely on, you know, from the upbringing, um, rely on the woman to do everything at home. So I had zero mental space. I wasn't even painting at that time because no, there was no time. Um, I had no mental space. I remember, like, I would be so tired and collapsed into the bed with the kids like I fell asleep and then the kids will wake up before me and that's the time I woke up so from and from the time you know just had no mental space even to think so um so I asked him a few times can I have some like my own time to be away just for maybe if not the whole day at least half a day but several times I asked for that um he said no and he said as you know the Australian or social standards when the husband's working to bring in the money the wife is the wife's responsibility to look after children and you don't need 
you know, your own time. Your home with the kids anyway. You don't need your own time. So at, at that point, we were in an argument. I just came to a breaking point because I've been, you know, not being myself. Like just uh, because I felt so trapped in that relationship. You know, I felt so trapped. I didn't know what to do. Like, I had the kids. I didn't want the kids to suffer. Um, you know, in the quote unquote like a broken family kind of thing. Right. Um, right. And finances all mingled, right? Because even though we co-founded the company, he started doing all the work and he has control. Right, even though it's 50, 50, 50 percent, he has all the control. So, what about the finance? If I go and what, like, I just felt so trapped, and I felt so trapped that when we had the argument, I just like, um, I just like something came to me, come to a breaking point, I just grabbed the knife and cut myself, like, just cut my arm, like my um, left mm -hmm. arm. But when I cut it, you know what, it felt like it felt relief, it felt relief because. The first thought that came to my mind is now I deserve my alone time. Now I deserve my uh, my own time. At least I deserve to be in the hospital by myself without you guys. You know what I mean? So it was such a relief because I finally proved to you that I deserve my own time. But seriously, guys, you don't need to get into that point to know that you deserve, right? You don't. But at that time, that's how my mind worked. Right. Well, it's right there, though, I, I just want to say that your your contribution to so many people is invaluable because you're really allowing us to be present to everything you were going through. And so to see that you cut yourself to get, in a sense, to get your alone time to deserve it, it's it just shifted my perception, you know, I of of how it could be for so many people that they just needed a break from what was going on and they had to hurt themselves in order to get that break. Yeah, and probably it's to feel, you know, because I've been just um, putting away my feelings for so long. When, when you get, like, when I got to that point where I cut myself, mm -hmm. I must have been very depressed already. But before then, I wouldn't, acknowledge that I even felt bad God. you know I wouldn't even acknowledge I even felt bad I didn't even allow myself to cry okay you know mm -hmm. but when you're when you cut yourself like maybe just the the feeling like being suppressed for so long crying out look like look at me you like I deserve attention you know it's like the emotional whatever is coming up I deserve attention right don't ignore me anymore I need to be seen and heard right so so I must have been depressed for so long to get to the point where I cut myself. But once once that happened, it was a relief to get some, you know, a long time in the emergency room. Right. But then it was very scary afterwards because sometimes, you know, how sometimes we probably play some of the like scenarios in our head. Oh, what if we hurt our, like, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I play that thing. Probably some of us do. What if we, you know, some self-harming thoughts, like probably just go and pass. You know you never do it, right? You just play that in your head. Some people do, like I did. But I never carried that out in action. It just came out, you know, play with a bit and then pass on. But the scary thing was, I cut myself. I carried out what I imagined in my head. I right. carried out what other things, terrible things that I have in my mind that I would really do, right? That would be really scary. Like I had images where if, what if I stab something in my eyes? Like I had that kind of images in my head. Like it's terrible. It's like a horror movie. Like, but the thing is, 
before I cut myself, I knew I wouldn't do it. It's just something that I play around in my head. But once you carried out that self-harming action once, yeah, I was terrified that I would really do something that I imagined in my head. Right. Right. It, it yeah, was very terrible. Mm-hmm. So I would hide in the closet and cry. I think that went on for probably almost half a year, another half a year, until the kids finally <laughs> got into a preschool. They were on waiting list and finally got into a preschool. That's I had, you know, a few hours a day then to my time, um, yeah. my own time. That's when I um, um, started, I started painting and I decided that I wanted to paint myself because I never really look at myself properly in the mirror, right? You just do your, wash your face, do your things, and then you're gone. So um, I decided to paint myself by looking at myself in the mirror, and I showed you the first, um, the first one I did during that period. So um, I don't know if you can see properly. So that's the that's the first one. Probably you can't really see properly. So there are some two um, birds in here, right? So, yeah, so that's a, it's a nude of me. Mm-hmm. So I want to just be really brave and face myself, face myself completely. Wow. So, um, so I did a nude, um, and I was holding a cup there because I was holding a cup. I just, you know, so there's some conceptual work that I was holding a cup. Right. So basically it's like, it's a woman, you know, your worm, that's where the life grows. And then the vine grows in the two vines because I have two children. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, so my, if you look at the expression, it doesn't look very happy. Right? But because it's the way I felt. It, right. It's not a um, but But it was like, I, I felt like I had um, faced myself, you know. Um, you know, so the thing with painting... I feel is when you when when you when you paint you yeah. pop, like with that of course I had a symbolism and things that I wanted to say about my life up to that point and then some other times I painted some painting like um some simple painting just by looking at myself in the mirror and and the thing is when you paint you of course express yourself right that goes without saying um and then afterwards after you finish the painting. Even sometimes days later, weeks later, you look back at it, you start to realize, huh, you get some perspective on what you're going through at that stage emotionally. And the other very powerful thing is when you paint yourself, when you look at yourself, even in a painting, you stop judging yourself. Um, you know, whether I'm ugly or whatever, you, you, feel, you look very deep into yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, I accept you. And you stop judging yourself. And... The other thing that the other healing that comes really powerful is when you look, you realize that is a portion that that can that has come from you. You know that probably represented part of you, but but it's not the whole you as you are, right? And that distance is the same as what you are going through right now in your in your life circumstances. What you're feeling, even how your body looks like, like how old you are, all these kind of things, all this physical existence in this, you know, um, time and space, it is part of you. Of course, you honor that. It's your journey in this human life, right? You honor that, but it's not 
the whole you. It's not everything about it's just part of you. Same as the portrait is come come from you and part of you. It's not the whole you. Same. The same is whatever you are going through now. Even if happy is the purpose, you want to have fun in this life. So whatever you're going through now, even if it seems difficult or whatever, it's not the whole you. It doesn't define you. It's not the whole you. The whole you is so much bigger beyond you know time and space, right? So I find that's really healing to get that perspective by looking at yourself in a painting. That was like that was the thing that um, has been really healing to me. And the more you do it. The more that kind of, you know, the more you do it, the more portrait that you do of yourself, mm -hmm. you just kind of realize like, oh, I felt like this is come from me. It's like you, you appreciate, oh, I made myself into a piece of like kind of art. You can probably call it art, you know, or a nice painting, but it's not the whole me. Like, but the whole me, whatever I'm feeling now, also it's not just the whole me. Like the whole me is so much bigger. So right. I find that super healing. You feel so much more powerful because you know, you're not limited to this body. So Lucy, if my first thought that comes up is goes, it's great that you can, you can paint like, mm. but what about me who I'd like to, but how do I do a self portrait when I maybe never picked up a paintbrush? Okay, like I do um, in my, some of my online courses for people who are creative, Mm -hmm. They want to explore that. I do tell them, you know, have some um, simple guided meditation exercise and, um, you know, bring the self-love into it and do create something out of it. Because when I see even in the creative space, a lot of people, they like to paint portraits, despite skill level, okay, just people who want to express themselves, art journaling or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they still, they paint portraits. They paint portraits of celebrities or random pictures they found on the internet in magazines but they have problem painting themselves. They don't paint self-portraits because probably they think that I'm not pretty enough or they think I'm not like so full of myself. Like I don't want people to think I'm just so full of ego. That's why I don't paint myself. Like, but you're judging yourself, right? You know, um, so God or whatever the universe or the source, whatever created you because they love you because it or he loves it or she loves you. But why won't you love yourself? Why won't you honor yourself, right? And right. so that's through um, the creative process if people are open to it. Um, and another thing that I haven't launched yet, but I am talking to people about doing it is to bring it to um, another level is that I want to guide people through a mirror exercise that people actually have to look at themselves in the mirror. Right. They're tired. <laughs> they got to look in the mirror, right? And, and say... Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a guided process, you know. I have them take some deep breath and look at themselves in the mirror. Like, like guys, if you're um, watching this, try that at home. Just look at yourself in the mirror, take some deep breath, close your eyes, and then think about who is the person that you love the most in your life. Me. Have you, do you have the person that you love the most in your life? Mm -hmm. You hold that person in your mind and feel the love that you have for that person. And then open your eyes and look at the mirror. And as you see the person in the mirror, start imagine that the person that you see in the mirror right now, slowly their features slowly turning into the person that you love the most. 
So open your eyes and look at yourself in the mirror and imagine that the eyes that you see in the mirror is their eye. The nose is their nose. See, see the facial features and everything turning into the people that you love the most. Right? So the person in the mirror is the person that you love the most. Whatever you, 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 you know, had in your mind when um, you had your eyes closed, the first person that come out in your mind. Don't, don't overthink it. And then tell that person, I love you in the mirror. I just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you love that person? Is it because they are loving? Is it because they're friendly? Is it because they're so full of life? Is it because they're just so cute? Why is it that you love them? Because uh, I love them. Exactly. So despite, so this, even if they don't have a cute face, like despite if they don't have anything of that, you still love them yeah. just because they are. And now carry the same kind of love them just because they are, just because they are, just because they exist. Carry the same kind of feeling and look at the person in the mirror and start seeing the face turning back to yourself mm. and just chase the contour of your face, your eyes, your nose, your lips, your shoulders, your neck, and see yourself for yourself. But carry the same feeling, you know, and now you see you but with love and then tell the person in the mirror, I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, I love you. So I want to guide people through this exercise and then, you know, um, and then paint a portrait of them inspired by that session. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that, you know, they experience some healing through. So that's the first um, mirror exercise that I want to do with them. I hope that can experience some healing for people because I've asked people, you know, do you love yourself? And all of the people I've asked, pause, right? Pause. They, um, and then they, after they pause, I say, yeah. And then they will say, well, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Well, not today. Or, well, I guess I do. But when you ask them, why do you have to pause? They say, oh, you know, I don't know, or I don't want you to judge me, or, you know, all these kind of things. But so what I really want is for people to really love themselves, you know, because for me a long time, I wasn't being myself. I didn't love myself. I wasn't accepting myself, you know, as who I was. I was trying so hard to get others' approval, you know, I think to for others to love me rather than me loving me, right? Right. So... Um, so I want to guide people through this mirror exercise and then paint a portrait of them. So the point is when they experience some healing at the um, mirror exercise, mm -hmm. and then I want them to, once they see the painting, they have it at home. I want them to have them at home. Every time they see the painting of themselves, they will right. be reminded to love themselves. You know, no matter whatever they're going through, remember to love and accept yourself, you know, just as you are. Right. I think it's super important. And you know, the funny thing is, after I did, you know, maybe, um, so I don't even know how many, a lot of, so many um, self-portrait paintings is healing. Then last year, so I've been doing it for more than a year now. Then last year, I came into Louise Hayes' work. I think it was her new book called Mirror Work, right? Have yeah. you heard of that? And I just, wow, you know, it is powerful. So 
I haven't read that book, but I've seen the title. So, um, so I don't know if to recommend, but anything with Louise Hay, you can't go wrong recommending them, right? I haven't seen that book, but the her book Mirror Work, I think, you know, is what I've done. Mirror Work, probably just in a different way. Like I pick up the paintbrush. Yeah, well, I I first came across her first little book, her little blue book in 89, and she talked about mirror work. And I remember standing in front of the mirror, so that's, what, almost 30 years ago, and saying, wow, I love myself and accept myself just the way I am. And I'm saying the words, but in my in my body, I'm like, no, I don't, not at all. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, so you'd sit, so I'd get in the, I love myself. I'm like, no. And so the disconnect was, was huge. And just over, over the years, right. It, it has all come together. And mm. so then now, like I can, I can look at myself, I can do this video sort of thing and go, yeah, you know what? I am up all night. I might look tired. I don't wear makeup anymore, you know, and I'm, I'm I'm heavier than I ever was when I didn't think I, when I thought I was too fat. You know, when I was growing up, it was like too, you know, all those things. But I can say I love myself now and know it because when you when you really when I'm really that connected, it's like I'm connected to the essence of the universe, which is love. You know, mm. that, that yeah. sense of love and joy. So it's different. Um, totally. And, and I also just wanted to share too, I remember the same thing when I quit my corporate job. So I was like 27, I think. And mm. the idea is your dad, you know, like, um, my dad, I remember saying to him, you'll still love me, right? If, if I come back from Africa, cause that's where I took off to and do social work, <laughs> you know? And he was like, why would you want to do that? Right. And I was like, well, that's not the question. The question is, you'll still love me. And at that particular point, he could he could never say it. You know, he'd never, ever had said that. And it's funny because he's 86 now and I just got off the phone with him on Father's Day and he's like, I love you, you know. And he just, he has loved and accepted me because I love and accept me, mm -hmm. right? As I loved and really embraced myself and my purpose and my uniqueness. Yeah, um, he got that's to celebrate beautiful. it too. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So, how is it? Do can you do these courses online, or do we all have to, you know, fly to Sydney? <laughs> no. Um. So I just started teaching some collaborative art courses, and yeah, they're online on my website. You know. Um. And I'll be teaching more next year, and I'll certainly, um, you know, bring this theme to the collaborative art course that I do, you know, really to cultivate self-love. But, uh, yeah, if you want to have, like, a one-on-one -on -one, um, session, you can also just um, contact me through my website. We'll see what we can do. Like, yeah, definitely. Like you say, like, you have to love and accept yourself before everyone else does. Yes. Yeah. And um, your website is? Lucy Chen, so E-N-C-H-E-N, fineart.com. Actually, um, either you can message that to me or you can just put it in the comments under the video before, after. So it's there because when this will get posted on my page and then it's present. This is mm. just, I mean, I think your story has 
helped so many people because it's in sharing where we used to be and then now how you're healing and from the inside out you give permission for everybody else to look inside to heal their wounds so you are a tremendous light in this world that's really shining and and as much as you know we like to say that the struggle or the crisis is you know your gift you're a demonstration of you're able to go through all that and then share art what a beautiful way to do it to help people heal yeah, it's like, you know, my friend Marianne says, your mess become your message. <laughs> yeah, well, your your mess is a great message to love yourself and to heal yourself with art. And I am so glad it was it was actually it was Vanessa, I believe Vanessa. So shout out to you, Vanessa. She did her belly dance earlier today on I was great. And um and that's how I got directed to you and that we connected and this has just been beautiful. So I look forward to doing more with you and keeping this global spirit going because as we are all focused on transforming and being our own unique note in the world, we're creating a beautiful symphony. Yeah, yeah. And as, as everyone just love and accept themselves more, you start giving from a place of fullness rather than depleting, depletion, you know? And and then, you know, whether it's your kids or whoever around you, they they don't feel you're sacrificing for them and that they don't carry the guilt. I think that's also very important to yeah. give from a place of fullness rather than depletion. So you but you need to feel yourself first. You need to be full first. Yes. Put your own oxygen mask on first, get filled with energy, take care of yourself because then you're capable of taking care of others. Hmm, yeah. Right? Yes, so, exactly. I'm so glad that your kids were able to take care of themselves just now and give, give mom a break. And so you could be here with us. It was really, really, really quite a delight. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your beautiful, mess that is a transformational inspirational message thank you Jacqueline, for inviting me to the event thank you very much bye-bye 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 everyone healing from the inside out is what the entire planet is doing right now Every single person is coming face to face with their fears. False expectations appearing real. Even though it seems so real, it's when you start to do your own inner work, your outer world shifts. It's like bending reality. If you want to experience more calm, centeredness, and trust your inner guidance to actually lead you to your heart's desires, and be co-creative in this brand new world that you wish to see, then hop on over to my website at bestwholenewworld.com and sign up for the next five-day experience. Have an awesome day. You deserve it. You're essential.